Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's philosophy talk. Today, neurocosmetology. Wow, I, I dare you to say that word 10 times fast, John. Neurocosmetology, neurocosmetology. <laughs> okay, come on, just tell me what it means. Well, Ken, uh, imagine a world in which there's widespread drug use to change the way our brains work. Don't we already live in a world like that? I mean, I know lots of kids who do all kinds of drugs. Oh, Ken, I'm not talking about recreational drug use. It's more like plastic surgery for the brain. It alters your personality in ways that you choose, makes you more like the person you want to be. That sounds like science fiction. Is this really possible? Come on, John. It certainly is. Today, we'll examine the growing field of neurocosmetology and the philosophical problems it brings with it when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 FM KALW, San Francisco's oldest and most innovative public radio station. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Those conversations continue on air, and they also continue on our new blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. Go there and check it out. Well, Ken, today we're talking about neurocosmetology, uh, an interesting new field that uh, means using drugs to choose what kind of person you want to be like, altering your cognitive habits, your uh, stop being a procrastinator, become a type A, all that stuff just through the use of drugs. It's a great idea, yeah, isn't you, it? Well, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I got to tell you, though, when you uh, said, let's do a show on this, I thought, what's he talking about? And so I went to Google and I did a search on it. And the only thing that came up was our webpage. But you know what? If you, uh, uh, I thought, so there's no such thing. But then I looked a little further. If you do a uh, search on uh, Google search on cosmetic neurology or cosmetic uh, psychopharmacology, you get lots of hits. And you know what I discovered? There's even a presidential, uh, the President's Commission on Bioethics has even issued a big report on, on this stuff called Beyond Therapy. So it, it's a big deal out there. Well, it's very comforting that our president is involved. I, I, over the weekend, I, I, I saw how Congress and the president shed their wisdom on all sorts of neurological issues that uh, are before the country. But what's the big philosophical deal about this, John? We're philosophers. What's the big philosophical well, deal? Well, since we're philosophers, we think of people as, as quite unlike rocks or bits of flotsam and jetsam that are just controlled by the laws of physics. In addition, or, uh, or maybe instead, people are controlled by their beliefs and desires, their basic cognitive make it. That's really what makes a person who they are. Do people, do we really want people messing with drugs into the basic issues of who they are and how they tick and what makes them who they are? Well, why not? I mean, psychotherapy, you know, cognitive therapy, anyway, you know, talking therapy, that's what that's all about. You go in, you're depressed, the psychiatrist tries to talk, help you help talk you out of your depression, your com obsessive compulsion. They try to help talk you. And you know what the thing about that is? It just doesn't work very well. But the drugs, they seem to work, and they work really well. So what's the big deal? What's eh, the deal? You probably think it doesn't work well because HMOs have gotten to you. They like drugs because they're cheaper. But isn't there something more basically philosophical about talking your way into being a different person, using reason, appealing to your own mind in the conversations with a therapist? Isn't using drugs somehow kind of a cheat, somehow kind of frightening and disgusting? Well, some people obviously think, especially if you're not just 
uh, treating, but you're enhancing, right? If you take people, as they say, beyond health, this is this whole uh, cosmetic neurology stuff is about taking people beyond health. And some people think that's frightening, and you mess with nature and all that. I'm, I'm just not so sure. I, I buy all those arguments. Well, I wonder. I wonder how the the traditional psychotherapists are thinking about it. I wonder uh, if they think that there's something basically more acceptable about talking your way into a different personality you know, than that, taking drugs into a different that's personality. An, that's a really interesting question. If this stuff really comes to fruition, their whole profession is going to be different. And uh, to see what they think, Amy Standen, our roving philosophical reporter, went out and talked to a psychotherapist. She files this report. If neurocosmetology became a real option, what would that mean for psychiatry? Why go through all the hassle of talk therapy if you can perfect yourself with a simple brain cell transplant? I think most people, at least today, would like to, in a sense, quote, do it on their own. That is to try to learn techniques where they could overcome those problems. Peter Rabins is a professor of psychiatry and a member of the Phoebe Berman Bioethics Institute at Johns Hopkins University. And I'm not quite sure why, but I find that personally more desirable than saying, well, instead of working hard to change this, uh, here's a pill and you'll be a different person tomorrow. Perhaps that should be what I offer them. Here's one way to do it. Take this pill, you'll be better tomorrow. Or if you have 10 counseling sessions, I think you have an equal chance of being better in three months, and you choose. Um, and so we do actually face those kinds of decisions now in the clinical arena. Changing the brain functioning of someone who's actually suffering is one thing, but what if I just want to be more entertaining at parties? When we get to something like telling better jokes, I'm not sure that there's suffering involved, and so I think that raises um, deeper ethical questions, but I think there's similar questions to uh, having your nose changed or your breast enlarged. If it's a brain function, is that any different than an appearance function? Uh, I'm not sure that it is in my own mind. What's particularly scary about neurocosmetology is that it's often permanent. That probably rules it out for a lot of us, but what about criminals? What if we could fix the criminal mind permanently? There is some evidence that if you look at people who engage in criminal behavior as a group, they tend to have impairments in the front part of the brain that we call the frontal lobe. So it seems at least plausible that if we could find a group of people who were engaging in criminal or illegal behavior, and we could identify who among them has these deficits, that there might be a way to manipulate those parts of the brain that we would see as not normal into what we would call socially more desirable, whether that's through medication, drugs, or transplanted brain cells. Uh, I think we'll have to see, but I think that actually is theoretically possible. You know, we could say, well, you can either go to jail for 20 years or undergo this transplant procedure I could see some pressure to, to offer that to people. It would be a lot cheaper. We wouldn't be locking them up. We might conceive of that as improving people. That would raise even more difficult ethical questions, I think. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.